Yo, Day Walkers, Spism, Watson, No Sage. Yo, uh, your weapon holds with sharp edge. You're now tuned into another episode of Hip Hot Heads. I am No Sage, along with Novak, as always, where we discuss our favorite hip hop moments. And we got a special guest on this episode, Spiz of Spism. What's up? My man. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Woo, I've been What's wanting up, to have guys? you on this show for quite some time, and we got a lot to talk about. Yes. I definitely want to let you cook it up with us. But um, I guess first and foremost, um, you got a show coming up, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so I'm in a band called Spism. We're a two-piece drum and bass band. We've been, uh, we're celebrating 20 years, believe it or not. It's crazy. So um, this year, uh, my bass player, I have a unique situation where my bass player moved in 20, uh, 2018 to Tokyo mm-hmm. and uh, pursuing a life there. And uh, when I, at a moment where I thought maybe, you know, we kind of like just kind of plug, put a plug on things and I started tracking music, uh, the pandemic hit. <laughs> and then I, um, and then things just opened up. So. Uh, long story short, yeah, I mean, he moved to Tokyo. He's been living there, started a family. I'm here in Chicago, and um, I, 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 I'm a drummer that, like, got into, like, I was encouraged to track my own drums. I got some equipment, and I learned how to use GarageBand and then Logic. And then uh, with a MIDI keyboard and a bunch of other keyboards I was just messing with, I just, this like, I let the floodgates open on a sound that I had been kind of pushed in a long time ago. Um, and uh, this kind of synth driven sound that, uh, that really like, that really like was a fun evolution of our, what we were doing. And I just ran with it. And like what happened, I could have never expected when I just leaned into this curve of the pandemic and all these bottle up feelings have been like really waiting to explode. Um, Jason, you know, like when we, I was writing a lot of this music, we, we like, I know Jason from, from way back and um, uh, you're part of my A team when I throw a songs off, you know, and as I evolved all this music in 2020, 21, 22, I was, um, it was, it was kind of new and beautiful and uh, raw and naked and vulnerable. A lot of this music is coming from like an emotional place. And I just, I just really like lean into the wave, man. And what come, has come out of it has been about 40 plus songs in the last two years I've written, mostly tracked, some of which is released and a lot to come. So we're, we're, we're like, we're basically having like the, this Uber, uh, this Uber, like gathering, like reuniting of, of these two worlds, like two separate units, one in Chicago, one in Tokyo. We both have bands that do prison music. So it's like actually two bands coming together finally. And I haven't been in the room with them for four years, you know? So we're going to relearn the music together, you know, in the next two weeks and uh, on Saturday, May 13th. It's gonna be it's gonna be a shootout, man. It's gonna be a shootout. That's awesome. I mean, we're gonna dive into a lot of your creative process and a lot of the whole origin story of everything. But yeah, I mean, you gave me the um the honor and the privilege of listening to some of your um, music, cooking it up before I, I even hear oh, yeah. final product. And yeah, I mean, it's just it's just been a, a pleasure and a joy to 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 bear witness to it, man. To be honest, my bro. I mean, like, cool. I appreciate yeah. you give me the insider perspective it's nice to hear spism grow into something totally different 
it keeps mm-hmm. evolving i feel like yeah. and yeah if you're in the chicagoland area definitely stop by may 13th we're at live wire lounge on on milwaukee avenue just uh it's like just out the portage park so Very nice spot i love that i love that flyer with the godzilla <laughs> <laughs> it's like godzilla's coming to you it's like yeah, and I, I mean, if you haven't been to Livewire, so Livewire is like a like a rock club. They have a, a decent sound system. It's not too it's not too big, but it's like it doesn't you know you can put like fifty people in there and it feels nice, you know. Um, it's gonna be no cover. We decided to we basically bought the place. We wanted to have complete control. We're doing three sets of music, which is insane. Nice. Um, this is like largely two hundred BPM music and plus it gets up there. Um, so you'll be I'll be wiping the floor you know with my my head afterwards you know because i'm just gonna be like a pool of pool of like like you know of sweat afterwards but um yeah man so we also have some we also i gotta say i gotta give a shout out here so we also have uh mini sets in between our three sets the first of which will be uh day walkers so we've been you know well i'm sure we'll get into this later more in depth but we we did work with uh with with no sage and doc watson and erica Um, on a song called uh, Glory, and we're going to be playing that in the set, in the first set. Uh, also, we, Daywalkers uh, have been really good to us, and we've been great collaborators with us. So we're going to get let them have the stage for for a minute up there, throw down a little bit, and uh, keep it keep that stage hot in between uh, the first and second set. So it's going to be cool. Nice, nice. Uh, when you when you talk about Glory, I mean. When you guys did Glory, what was the inspiration behind Glory? I mean, where, where did that come from? Was that a late night session? Was that was like, is that something driving on the expressway somewhere and you just started thinking about it? Yeah, but that track is so emo- it's emotional, but it's so nice. Yeah, there was when I when I was a lot of times I'll get on I'll get on the keyboard and and synthesizer and, and I'll just kind of let, like, just kind of see where it takes me. Um, and that, that is taking me a lot of places, you know, just, just sitting down and see what happens. And uh, that was one of those songs where that was one of the songs where I, I heard something and a lot of times, like, you know, like with our phones, we can, it's just so easy now um, to, you know, just voice record yourself or do a video or whatever. And it's, it's kind of like, there's, it's a crime to, to lose something now because everything can be so tracked so easily, you know? When in the past, you have to write everything down or whatever. So I, I, I track a lot of stuff. Like I literally would be like, boom, boom, you know, whatever it is. And I had that boom, 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 I had that, that riff. Um, and I, I just, I laid that as a foundation for the song. Like, like this is definitely going to be a grooving bass line. And then as I, as I, I, I got to preface that a lot of this sound has been inspired by the theme of Stranger Things, as, as funny as that sounds. Um, if you're, that's if where you're, it comes from. <laughs> yeah, if you um a lot. So, you know, I'm a child of the '80s. I grew up with like the '80s slasher, John Carpenter. Like it just, it just stuck with me. And then I think when the Stranger Things popped, especially the, you know, the when that hit, man. I don't know something about that show. It really takes me back, being a kid in the '80s, and you know that I don't know that nostalgia. And um, I just, it just comes out that kind of that synth, that thin synth sound. It comes out of my writing. That song was the first of a lot of songs that I was writing at the time. I wrote that um, beginning of last year. I was writing it and starting to, to flush it out. Um, that was, 
that was one that had a different vibe. Um, I could definitely, I definitely felt like when I, when I laid the beat down, I was thinking more of a hip hop sound. But my version of hip hop is not steady. You know, as, you, as, mm-hmm. as, as we can probably dive into more, um, it's from a live drummer standpoint, you know, I'm, I'm like laying it down. Um, that was actually me trying to hold it down a little bit because I'm kind of a crazy drummer. Um, yeah, and then as far as how it evolved, I had this song all paved out. I was like, I can release this as an instrumental. It's pretty pretty fun. If you listen to it as its, as its own without vocals, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. But then I started thinking, it's been, it's been a unique thing for me as a drummer who also has sang in other bands while drumming. That's been my thing. I've been in bands like Yeti vs. Yeti and Destroyer Liberator. He's all, also these other duo bands. Jason's seen some of the stuff. Like he saw me play the Yeti versus Yeti at Fireside a number of years ago. And, and like the, one, of the, one of the hardest things to do is to drum and sing. It's just, it's really, it's not, I wouldn't recommend it. It's like, you know, it's not easy at all. So I've, I've kind of gotten used to doing that. And when you do that, there's a little bit of give and take. You have to like, you can't go full throttle drumming. You can't go full throttle singing. So in this song, I started writing, in this song, Glory, I started imagining lyrics and it took me to this place of like, I guess it's kind of coming out of the pandemic and, and all, these, all, these crazy, all these movements that are coming out of the pandemic too. I mean, there was so much social unrest, you know, there was, there was so much going on, um, you know, with Trump and president and all, I mean, we, listen, we, we talk about that all night, right? Um, it's still going on. Uh, but the, I was really inspired by this thought of, uh, you know, this thought of the city as being something that's, you know, that's beautiful, even if it's degrading or if it's, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's kind of a, um, a cynical look, but it's also crazy in the city, just like city life, right? Um, and, and living in and around the city. Um, I, so when I wrote, when I wrote the lyrics, it's kind of interesting. Um, I wrote the lyrics for the, for the hook, which Erica Owen ended up doing, um, which was perfect fit. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> for recommending her. Um, but I didn't write any of the lyrics for the MCs. I just, I just left this, there was like this wide open chasm in the beginning, in the middle of the song that seemed to have this space. Um, Erica just took what I did and like, like just, just freaking destroyed it. Like I, I like, like I recorded my vocals, you know, glory to the city. And it sounded okay. But I was like, okay, there's a girl out there who can like wail. And that was Erica and she did it. So she, but she like took my, she took what I did and ran with it. These guys, No Sage and Doc Watson, they took this kind of, we had this like soul searching kind of period mm-hmm. of time. We were, where I, was, I was getting to know Doc. I was, I already knew Jason, but like I hadn't worked with uh, No Sage before in this capacity. And um, we, we, we explored the idea of what the song meant. And they were, there, there was, must've been something there. Uh, maybe Jason can talk about that. There must've been something there because they really, really interested in, in doing the song and trying it out. And they wrote lyrics. And just flowed one night. They all recorded. It all came through and recorded one at a time. <laughs> and it was it was glorious, man. Yeah, Erica's vocals, man, are just uh, man. It's like it's like ghostly almost the way she's wailing on that track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you 
and you turn it up and the head falls a little bit or in the car and that thing echoes out a bit it bounces like you know i was sitting at a red light today listening to it guy looks over at me and i look at him and he looks away i'm like i don't think he knows the song <laughs> <laughs> yeah jason you're deep in that song man i mean you know yeah no i really respect that you gave me the time to shine on that you know i i really appreciate you letting me do my thing i mean like there's so many there's so many like um creative moments that you've created that i i, I they kind of resonate like obviously glory is one of them but we can talk about like deathstroke kid That's definitely one that like kind of leaves in my head as far as like you know when when I'm when I'm in different spaces in my life like just songs that are ringing um continuously but no but glory yeah I totally agree with the vision man like that that kind of like was the same thing that I was going for when I was writing it and I I always had this kind of like this power like female like um character that I try to sort of like um write for and a lot of it's sort of like inspired by my mom. So like, mm-hmm. I think I think that's kind of like where I was going with my verse. But yeah, I think I think we sort of caught the vibe of the city, you know, as far as like um, the trials and tribulations of it. I don't know if I'm over overthinking this at all because I know a lot of what you write and a lot of what you create spiz is like based on you know your your brother that you lost. Um, what was anything in this song like? Um, influenced by that or is that just in general um that's a good question yeah i mean well i mean full disclosure um when i when i went about like when i noticed uh a couple years ago as i started writing a lot of this music it became before you die the album that was released um last year actually the name name of the album right the name of the project yeah yeah and you guys released an album at the same time which is really cool unstuck um it was really cool like parallel lines but yeah before you die was is the single off you know and the the full length and i worked i i I wrote like probably 15 songs for that album just ended up being just tons of songs some of which haven't been released yet um but yeah like a lot of that that album is really a concept album that's that's like i said like a long time ago 2007 i wrote the song before you die and it became a staple, like a bit of an anthem at our shows. We would play like all this like crazy lightning bolt, square pusher-esque, mm-hmm. like, like sweated out, like 240 BPM stuff where you're like, what, you know, pushing your body, like Jager bombs before you play, like, you know, crazy, crazy stuff. Like, you know, just to, just to get through, powerhouse through it. And then, you know, and then you write the song before you die. And it's like, before you die. It's like, it's sort of like this pop hook, you know, like, and you know like do we put this how do we how do we include this in the in the music and we end up you know it ended up became a song that people requested live when we would play these you know and became an anthem um so like a backdrop for the band but you know like privately i i kind of i kind of was like worried uh, you know I, I was kind of like cautious to get into that vibe more because i knew that if i did because it was based i wrote that a few years after my brother died and uh he died in 2004 uh in baltimore and i was i wrote that in 2007 and like, it's like anytime you come up for air from grief, like you just like, it explodes. You know, it's like, I, I just, yes. so the, the pandemic hit, I was, you know, we're all quarantined. I had a bunch of technology, I had a laptop and a bunch of synthesizers. And the only place I could go besides, you know, into the backyard on the trampoline in the garage was my practice space. So I started 
I started messing around. And like, as I started opening up and like, just kind of exploring this like new palette, um, I just, it just so much came out. And I just, I just made a pact with myself that I was just gonna, you know, lean into it and whatever came out, no matter what it sounded like, I was gonna go with it. Um, that led to Before You Die. Yeah, here's, I'm, getting to, I'm getting to the glory thing. <laughs> after, I, after I finished that album and released it, there was like a huge weight off my shoulders. Like, I, I just remember crying. Like, I, as, as crazy as that sounds, I remember crying like the day I, like, I dropped that album and I was driving into work and I wish I had, like, I wish I didn't have to work that day. Cause like I, I drove in down 290. I live in Oak Park. I drove down uh, 290. Someone had graffitied Nick on the wall at the Western stop. That's my stop to get into work. I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Seriously? That's your brother's like, name, right? Like someone wrote, yeah. Someone wrote the word Nick, whatever, ra- like randomly or whatever, you know, but like, wow. that's pretty crazy. And I was, and I just, I just started falling, you know, I'm listening to this album, just dropped that day. I put so much time into it. We just, we just wrapped it up like, like three days before, you know, it wasn't like done for months or anything like that. So it was like super raw and fresh, you know? Um, and then, but, like, but after, after I dropped that album and like, I got out of that, that, that wave, um, I, I started writing really fun, like different types of music. So I think that really needed to happen first, uh, like emotionally, psychologically, in order for me to do something else. And once I, once I moved into other stuff, it was stuff like Glory. And like, it's a bunch of other hip hop that I'm putting out soon. Like, just, it's like all over the board, man. It's like drum and bass. It's like the sky's the limits, you know? So. Well, it's like flash bomb. That's what. That's what. That's one. Yeah, that was. I mean, the 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 vision, the visions in flash bomb. You close your eyes. You know, you talk about the Molotov. You know, you're talking about. It's almost like you're like you're getting ready to blow. You know, pretty much everything's building up. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a very aggressive track, but I love that track because when you're sitting there listening to it, like you know, the way you start off, it's like you're getting ready to battle. And you keep going up, you keep going up, that energy level comes up, and you got me you got me mad you thought just sweat everywhere, all that energy getting released. <laughs> so I'm just like, what is going on here? But the thing about it is like, you know, you paint this picture of this world, man, it's like almost like post-nuclear, you know, when you think about it. It's almost like Neo Tokyo. You get the Neo Tokyo, yeah. you know, from um you know, from anime and stuff like that. If you think about um Akira. That's yep. the first thing I thought about that movie. Akira listened to that song, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" So I'm like, oh, "You guys, you guys are painting. You guys went into my anime dreams, pretty much. There's, there's so much, <laughs> there's so much anime going on in some of these tracks. Yeah, you know, the symbolism, the emotion, but yeah, Flash Bomb, man, wow, that that track sounds good on the speakers, man. That thing, that thing's good." That was the first track we released in this new format. So that came out first in January 2020, yeah, 20, last year, 2022. Um, yeah, we wanted to put that out first because that was a song we wrote a long time ago. We never released it and I redid it and I made it like super aggro. I was like, fuck it. You know, like this is like, we are like, it was like a complete reinvention of ourselves. And like even our following, like we have a cult following like any band that's been around for 20 years, <laughs> you know? Um, we have people that know us. Uh, but we're not like a household name, you know, or anything. Mm-hmm. And Flash Bomb was something we never did live um, <laughs> and always wanted to. Like, yeah, bring the political into it. Like, have, mm-hmm. have like, samples from, like, all sorts of presidents speaking. All, like, get crazy political. And um, we were like, if we're going to, once we're going to, we knew we were about to throw down with Before You Die and all these other stuff. Like, a, a lot coming down the pipeline. We wanted to start with something just super hard. Yeah. 
If we do that live, that'd be awesome. <laughs> make, sure they, make sure they get insurance. <laughs> We're playing, that's that's opening the second set, I think. Nice. Yeah, dude. Well, uh, Novak, I'm glad you brought up Flash Bomb because I, I sort of think of that sort of sound with the spism sound. Um, as far as I've been listening to spism, like I, I kind of feel like that's kind of like the original sound when I approached, you know, um, y'all as a group, right? But then the Before You Die album is kind of it's kind of dope of Spism when you're talking about that the lyrics specifically for that song Before You Die you wrote mm-hmm. a long time ago. And it feels like that album for me, knowing like some of your earlier sounds, like it, it feels like it's like a different level to what Spism does. It's like it's it takes a moment to kind of slow down for certain parts. It takes a moment to almost sort of I mean, you said pop. I kind of like think about it more like like moments to kind of like let the track breathe and kind of like do different things within mm-hmm. the song. So I just I, I just think it's kind of cool that y'all decided to take a risk and do something different, but also like come back and tap into things that were already there, right? I not realized I didn't realize a lot of the stuff you y'all wrote a while ago or even like recorded a while ago too, you know? Yep. So it's, it's nice that y'all let it let it let it um let it flow like that. Yeah, there's actually two songs off Before You Die that are that were written and originally recorded back in 2007-8. And that's, it's, it's uh, Before You Die and there's another song called Flight of Light. It used to be called Lay Low. And that one's, that, that, that original version is online too at Spotify and stuff. But again, like songs that we like, we were about to go down this path. Circa 2008, we were in the studio. We had, we had all these tours planned. We were going to go to London and then England to tour around there. We had dates. We did, we had a really bad studio session, 2008. We tried to go onto tape, onto Logic, um, or Pro Tools rather. And like it, the tape got messed up um, and we got really discouraged and we kind of scrapped that session. But some of the stuff, that, some of the stuff ended up coming out called Movements. Um, it's on Bandcamp, but it's, it's like super raw. It's not mixed. You know, it never, it never saw the light of day, but it was like our, us trying to like encapsulate what we were doing at that time from circa 2003 to 2008 and put that out there so we can move on from it. And we ended up not really being able to move on from it. But what came out of it was songs like Before You Die and Lay Low, which now are like two of the bookmarks of the album Before You Die. And man, I, I'm, I'm telling you, like something like if you get a chance to listen to Flight of Light, that is like... <laughs> Um, I'm gonna play that on the 13th for sure. It's it's uh, it's super emotional because it it's some uh, my, my brother who passed. He was my twin brother, so I have this really weird connection with him. Even after you know post mortem, um, like I I feel him, you know. Um, and I, I I sometimes I have visions and stuff, you know. I, I like I, I dream of him and stuff. And uh, that song is about me envisioning me in his shoes that night. He died, like actually in the shoes. It's super emotional. So, yeah. So, yeah, the song is all about like moving on past death. So, what you might experience. So, it's almost like, you know, you're that song, that song, you know, you, you speak about that song. It's almost like being on a different astral plane. You think about it, you're like, you're connected to him, you're in his shoes, you're looking at it through his eyes. And then you come back at the end, basically, like, you know, you talk about it, you always be your friend and everything like that. Yep. Exactly. I think, and I think everybody can relate to that. Everybody's lost somebody and you, know, you can relate to, yeah. you know, you imagine having that conversation with them again or just being in that, that presence. You can smell them. It's when you, you, and that being your twin, oh my God, man. I mean, you, yeah. 
that's a whole different connection, different from like a you know a sibling that's four years older, two three years younger. I mean, but that song, man, it's it's, it's very you know the melody, man. It's it's like you're 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 out of you're out of your body. You're in his body. You're you're doing something yeah. totally different. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a ridiculous track when you listen to it. Yeah, man. That's one of the ones I'm listening to, and I started thinking about people. I was like, I gotta turn this off while I drive. <laughs> Yeah, I did. That's a lot of these songs too. Like, I mean, before you die, like the whole, the whole theme of the album. It's a, it's an album for the living. Like, even though it's like me, like embracing grief and like, and all sorts of crazy emotions that are, you know, I'm trying to make sense of. Like something like Flight of Light, the main verse. There's only one verse, and it's wasted time, wasted time together. Let's make this thing last forever. Rit, yeah. So the whole, the whole, that 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 line, that whole verse is like me shouting to the people who are listening, like, we are still living. Like, it literally is a carpe diem, you know? Like, he may be gone, but, like, we are still here. Before you die is about living our best lives because it is it can be taken so quickly. Yeah, yeah the pendulum swinging. I remember that line. Yep. I was just like, yeah, it's... The uh... pendulum swings in our favor now. Yeah. Then you enter anime, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be big in Japan, man. We'll see. Like, if I get if I can get over there next year, hey. I was supposed to get over there in um. Dude, when we released the album last year in March, I had I had I dude, I had I had seven hundred dollar plane tickets round trip to go to Tokyo and back, and we had we had a tour set up, but Omnicon had a different idea, so mm-hmm. they closed their borders, and we were just like praying that I can get in there, and it was just not looking good. So I ended up, we ended up canceling the trip. And um, so now he's coming in, he's coming, you know, he's here. He landed today. So he's here 2023. I'm going to be there in 2024. So um, it was dope that even though y'all were like, obviously worlds apart, y'all were still figuring out a way to make the album happen. And you were kind of, you know, being creative with each other. Yeah. Uh, but um, did, did I, when you were saying something about London earlier, did yeah. I mishear that? Like, did you say you you were trying to plan a trip there, or you recorded some of the album there? Yeah, we were. No, we had we had planned. We were gonna. We've we've always like there's a huge jungle and drum and bass scene in London, right? Like yes. that's pretty much where it's coming right. from. So it was just a dream to go there. We oh, ended up being back when MySpace was around. Um, we, hey. we started connecting with, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Facebook was just popping up. It's like a 2007 ish. Um, we yeah we started like we just started getting really active again. This is a band that's gone has been off and on for 20 years, you know. It's not been like full throttle. But when yeah. we we are definitely an all or nothing, that's one of our songs. We're definitely we do it all or nothing. This literally really is all about Nano Imano. So if it's all it's all or nothing. <laughs> um, that that said, when we when we went to record this album and the, the studio in 2008, we we went full throttle into that and um, recorded some really awesome music. And the plan was to take that album, like literally press it on vinyl, go over to England, spend some time there, uh, explore like the rave scene there. <laughs> uh, and we had a bunch of dates set up, but like it just, it just we were very discouraged, so unfortunately. So we pulled back on that and we, we kind of parted for a little bit. And um, again, we came back to each other. It was just like probably a year or two later, we came back to each other again. And again, like just had that itch like something happens when this guy and I get in a room. I don't know. Like, sound like a title to a new song. 
Yeah, yeah, dude. Even even when we're old and gray, like we'll be like, barely, I'll be able to hold the sticks, like you know, like trying to hold the stick, and I'll I'll play a blast beat. You know, it's gonna be crazy. So, no, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad you peeled it back the layer though with the whole British thing because I <laughs> I wanted to kind of go into your style a little bit because I cool. think you said you had like sort of like a a fast flow almost like um mm-hmm. style that goes on and you know even with the British drum and bass like I wonder like what what part of your your kind of like um, musical ear is kind of like draw drawing you to uh, to those types of styles I guess sure sure yeah I mean I think it started with it started with stuff like you know. Yeah, the drum, jungle, drum and bass sound. And, uh, you know, if you're into the old school jungle, it's a lot of, it's basically a reggae, like this reggae kind of sound that's, that's sped up or double timed. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's really, MC, it's really MC based people doing with like Rastafari, you know, like doing like with the Rastafari accents and, you know, British accents, people rapping really fast. I mean, the music's 180, 200 BPM. You know, it's like, but it's a really fast kind of, you know, rap style. I, I'm definitely not there yet. Um, but, I, but I like it also, like, years later, fast forward a little bit. I know we talked about this, Jason. Um, like, the, the rise of Twister. You know, like, people who are, you know, in Chicago and um, people doing, taking to a new level. You know? And with that street rap level, um, with the fast rap, and I just, I just love it, man. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not. I think, I think I, I can't ever do justice completely, but I can do my, I do my own thing. So when I rap, it definitely sounds, <laughs> it definitely sounds different than um, <laughs> Twisted does it. And by by no means um, anywhere close to what he does, but I love that style, and it's something I aim to do. I definitely can. I definitely drum fast. I do a lot of things fast, but I I think rapping is something. It's it's fun to do fast. What do you think about the RPMs? You think about the flow? You, you, you play Twister. You look at Twister. You look at Busta Rhymes. You speed up, and that's that whole re- that's that whole reggae Jamaican style, basically. Yep. When he starts hitting the beat like that, basically he starts popping it. The words, the words are coming out so fast, and you sit there and you're like, and you got to catch up with it. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And if you're drumming and singing and rapping at the same time, that's got that's incredible. That's hard to do to drum and talk at the same. time. That's like putting headphones on trying to order order something at Steak and Shake or something like that. Yeah. Starbucks. I'm telling you, know? I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm trying to do over there. It's it's crazy, man. Yeah, because a lot of the new stuff. We have some new material that we're gonna play. We're definitely gonna play at um, uh, on on the at the Livewire. Like there's stuff. I like have a song called Riptide that's that's basically like a like a jungle Rastafari song meets hip hop or something. I don't know what it is. It's a hybrid. And I'm, I'm there's multiple vocals going on over top of each other, and I'm inserting myself in there. And I'm doing that Rasta sound, and like it's it's so it's it's so interesting. Um, so as as not a British person, <laughs> as an American guy, uh, white guy, doing doing that style, it's 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 interesting. Um, but you know, I'm a little bit of a like a fish out of water. That's that's like that just you know, I don't know how to explain it. Like it's it's just something I just the sound is so unique to me and so fun. And the way the way I mix it, the way I aspire to mix it with different elements. So it's, so I'm not just doing drum and bass. Like I'm never just doing drum and bass. I'm always mixing different styles together so that it's something else. Because that's what I feel. I don't feel like people that do just drum and bass, live drum and bass, that's fine. 
-hmm. but it's it's like I feel like I want the human element of that. I want to insert like like I'm a metal drummer that got into jazz, that got into like IDM, and like I, I and I do everything else, dude. I like I do all the Afro-Cuban. I do I can play Latin music and reggae. I do it all. So I love mixing and mingling all those styles. That's where that's where I really get off drumming, man. It's like and then I throw insert the vocals in there. I can I can be playing like a drum and bass beat and then you know doing like double time twisted style vocals over top of that. And I, I feel I'm like I'm I'm riding on air, man. You know, it just feels good. Yeah, the flow, yeah, the flow is ridiculous. It's, it's almost it, it makes me think about Jamiroquai sometimes, the space cowboy. You think about how the drums are like, you know, the drums on that are just real sharp, real real oh, yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you want somebody you want them to speed up Jamiroquai. I heard I was listening recently somebody actually actually made the Space Cowboy RPM speed up, and somebody actually raps on that beat. It's ridiculous. Oh, you're making me think, in the pandemic, I, <laughs> I, I discovered at some point, I was playing a lot of, um, I was getting into Instagram and like showcasing videos of me playing drums and stuff and live drumming. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I realized that I, I would loop a lot of stuff on like, I have a looping pedal and I would play on keyboards or whatever, or like, um, create loops and build upon them and i realized finally that you can like speed things up and slow things down on youtube and once i found that out it was all over man i'd take something that was already fast and like double it you know triple it like and then play on top of that that loop Mm -hmm. and it just started getting freaky you know like Just unlike, you just, it's like unlocking like uh, the, the secret world pretty much. You, you kept playing with the track and kept hearing it differently. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Or, it or even playing else. the background yeah. speeding it up, which is, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, music has no limits, man. You know, especially what you're doing. I mean, that, you know, you get back you get back into your music on, on that before you die. Uh, one of the things, one of, one of the tracks I really like on there basically is... Uh, you know, you, you get you get into Slither. Now, Slither's oh, pretty. Yeah. yeah, Slither's pretty nice. You know, every every track on Before You Die has like this. It has this unique style. It's its own story. They're all chapters out of a book, pretty much. You think about it, and every chapter tells a different story, a different way to look at life. At this point, yeah, I feel I feel like when I when I put that album together, it was a lot of thought that goes and went into the the. the the actual order of the songs and there's there's is it's conceptual but there's there's a path that you go that takes you on a ride that's that's very intentional um and slither being <laughs> the song the second song of the album after before you die it's it immediately goes pretty to a pretty dark place given i say before you die is a fairly positive song even though it's before you die um it has a positive message and slither goes to a dark place released released by twin speaks hmm which is uh, which is a, a totally different vibe, right? Right. Yeah, it's it's a it's a ride. And when I listen to that, I listen to that album a lot, and like I feel like that's kind of testament, you know, as an artist. A lot of people, like a lot of people who create a lot of music, they want to keep moving, and mm-hmm. and I do. I kind of always have a foot forward and a foot back, and then in the present, I have three feet, I guess. But like I've gotten to this point where like I'll I'll go back. I want to hear that album. Whereas like other bands, I like, I love what I did, but like, I just feel like that album, that album touches on something that I, I like, I bottled something, you know, like I bottled something like when I was tracking a lot of those vocals, particularly and drumming, but when I was making music, I, I like, that was the draft was the final version. Like, like any of the, um, a lot of people will make a draft 
and they'll like, okay, I want to, I can do that better. And they just do it better. And they, they retract it. I, I was like really bottling things. It was really intentional to bottle things. Even if it wasn't perfect to bottle it when it was hot. Like when I was feeling that emotion, like when I was singing twin speaks, um, that song or, you know, whatever it might be like tracking that I was like, I was, it was like the day after I wrote the song and I just wrote lyrics. Like I wrote lyrics on the way there or there, maybe, maybe before I tracked it, it was super hot, you know? And I would like go home and listen to it on the way home and like be crying in the car. Like, Holy shit. Like, cause I was like, when you, cause I think I, you probably get this too, Jason, like, cause as a vocalist, once you put words to something, it, it really, there's something about that. Like you can, an instrumental track is fine. Like glory, but once you put the words to it, it just that takes it to another level. It like it just it it touches on something. Like there's another meaning. There's another. There's more layers you're adding to that to that song, and and all the words have meaning. I, I don't I, I don't I I can't make it sound deep right now, but like it it does take it to a new level when you put vocals vocals into it. And that was was so powerful to me and empowering to me as a drummer who particularly didn't sing too much necessarily, but to actually like be driving that Ferrari. You know, like, and I think that's what it is. Like once you, it's like, once you put vocals to it, it like, it just, it like all these, all these avenues open up in front of you, all these highway lanes. And it's like all these possibilities of where the, what the song means, because you're putting words to it. Well, I think for me, like when you talk about adding the vocals to the recipe yeah. of the, the final product, like, again, like I, when I think about the early memories of Spism in my ears or in my mind, it doesn't always have vocals. It does have yep. sort of just like the heavy drums, yep, but yep. this current evolution, you know, of, of usism, I can't imagine it without the lyrics. And right. yeah, like, um, as I was mentioning Destro Kid earlier, like mm. that's definitely my favorite track off the album. Yeah. But yeah, before we talk about that one too, like proper, I, 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 when you were talking about, like how the reggae sound kind of influenced you. Like mm -hmm. I, I didn't realize it was so, so much infused into some of your, um, some of your sound. And like, I think proper for me, it was definitely like has reggae vibes in it. Um, yeah, bro, I like, I-, I You talking I about proper? I mean, proper yeah, is yeah. the first time I rapped. Yeah, for real. Really? <laughs> yeah. I would say so. I would say so. Cause like, like it, there actually is intentional rap. We're, we're actually working with an MC named paradox frequency manipulator, Brad. He, and he, he did new bones, a track called new bones with us. He's, he's a really good old friend of, of Pablo's and, and, and mine as well. But yeah, he, um, yeah, he's actually going to be, we're trying to get him on proper. And, you know, I, I feel like, I, I've heard this song a certain way right for a while because it's been released for an, a year now, and it's it's interesting to like let someone else do those vocals, um, because he's so much he's so much better of an MC than I am. Like he's he's gonna be doing a mini set too at the show, between the second and third set, um, and also be doing New Bones. But like he's the guy who who like can do that style. He can do the Ronnie size. He can do like like the skibidi thing like that that fast rap that I love so much. And, um, you know, so it's been a pleasure. Well, first of all, I just want to say that proper. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to do my take on that style. Gotta be proper. I even have a British accent. Like, what am I saying? What am I doing? You know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but they don't know I'm not British, right? 
Um, now they do, but, um, but yeah, that was, that was fun for me to, you know, again, like get, get out of my, kind of get out of my skin, like be a fish out of water, you know? And I think, I think that's, that, that really, that really makes you very vulnerable knowing that you're going to be potentially putting this song out. Um, I think being on the mic is super raw. Um, you know, it's very, it's, it's exposing you're in the front, you know, like, I, I think when I hear my recorded voice <laughs> for a long time, I always thought like, I sounded like the karate kid, you know, <laughs> and like, it's just, <laughs> I, I'm from Baltimore. I just sort of have like this East coast accent. And I was like, man, I just, I, I just don't know. Like everybody's super conscious, you know, like self-conscious when they speak in front of people and like, but that's like, it's a super microscope. And like, when you put yourself under that, that type of thing. And, um, but I, I've always, um, maybe I'm just a dumbass or just, uh, like just ballsy. I, I'm just, I don't mind being vulnerable. And it's been, it, this album really allowed me to put myself out there in a new way that was surprisingly very, um, like just very satisfying, you know, um, to be out there like that. And, um, proper was my chance to be a British dude. <laughs> <laughs> the loop in the third flow. <laughs> I love that. I dig it. Yeah, yep. man. And you like with the whole fast rapping thing, like, yeah, even Jay-Z was a fast rapper at one point too. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, everyone in the rap yeah. scene has to always like come to terms with when do I tackle that fast rap uh, hurdle? Right. But, you mentioned Busted before, man. I always like, I used to, I used to dig like trackball quest, like, you know, like, <laughs> and uh, Busta Rhymes on the scenario. I mean, watch as we combine from the juice from the mind, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Here we go, yo. Powerful impact. Boom from the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's fucking badass, dude. I mean, all this, all of this shit is so good, man. I don't know. The early 2000s, like rap. I mean, yeah, Jay-Z, Pheromong, like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Busta. Yeah, you gotta be thinking about that uh that bass line when Buster takes off, you know. Dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yep. Yeah, dude. Uh, man. People don't people don't understand how complex that beat is. That beat is that beat is ridiculous. You think about it. I mean, it's the, it's the same thing. Like you know, with the lyrics, like you said, when it comes a lot, it's almost it's like three D to me. Very much like when you add the lyrics to these songs, like you listen to instrumentals to these songs. So you put the lyrics on. I listen to some all your songs. I found instrumentals of. I listen to instrumentals and I found the words. I'm like, oh, it's like a whole new experience at that point. You, it's like rediscovering the album at that point. When you, hear, when you hear the actual words, you listen to what it's saying. Or if I'm driving and I'm zoned out, I don't even see people crossing the street. I just hear the music, basically, mm-hmm. pretty much. I got to stop doing that. But it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's nothing like it when you're moving around through the city. Like, Glory, you drive around with Glory playing in the background, driving through the city. You see the graffiti. You see, uh, you see all the different parts of the city where it decays. You see the new parts. You see it coming back together. Then you go from uh, West Side to the Gold Coast to... Yeah. So to, to, to South Loop, West Loop, that song, like man, video for that song, you think about just riding through the city. It's, totally. it's ridiculous. I was gonna say, I you know, it was a pleasure to work with with you, No Sage and and Doc, and allowed me to cross paths with him and meet him, and he's now like someone I have come to know and love dearly, you know. Um, and also Erica Owen and No S at the end, Erica Owen. Um, and and <laughs> I was thinking, like something she said to me, I think it was like the night that we all met and tracked that song mm-hmm. and I was meeting her and Doc Watson for the first time. And, um, yeah, like you were kind of liaison for that whole package, uh, which was great. And I remember her saying, I was like, 
I was like, so what do you, I was, I was getting to know what she was, had worked on previously and like this and that, a few things with the walkers that I, that I really liked. Um, but like, I don't think she attracted too much stuff. Otherwise I was like, well, what did you, what are you hearing in glory? Like what? And she's like, I just want to tell you, like, I, I heard this song and I just, Jason like threw it off me. Do you want to check it out? And she's like, I probably wouldn't track much of anything right now, but for some reason, like there's something to this song, like, you know, like your hook that you wrote, what you're doing here. Like I felt inclined to do this. And um, that was kind of powerful for me, you know, that like for me as a drummer, largely playing in, in duos, largely instrumental, you know, for years. Um, like that vocalists want to want to mess with it, you know. Tibism um, is a band. Uh, this is a kind of a his, good historical context. We have to, we have messed with a lot of like live MCs on like who are, who want to jump on top of what we're doing because there's a drum and there's a bass, you know. But the music has been very hard for other uh, musicians and MCs to really like really really like click with because it's so fast, it's so it's changing constantly. The old style was like really crazy, you know and bombastic and it was cool for what it was. But now that we're, now that we've evolved, evolving the sound and we've, we're opening it up and slowing it down, <laughs> slowing it down a little bit, making it more like more, um, you know, digestible, maybe it's a bad, bad word, but like more, you know, she's not mainstream music, but making it more approachable. I feel like it's opening up this, like this, it's, it's opening up this like need and inside of me and Pablo too, to like, to like connect with other people. And that's, that's been very, very cool thing for us to open the doors to Daywalkers and, you know, to Paradox and, um, you know, to Abnorm, who did Deathstroke Kid with us. Um, it's, it's, it's not, it wasn't easy for us to open it up and share the sound, but it's, it, we are, we are growing from that. And like, and it's, it's, uh, I'm glad there's gonna be more of that for sure. I mean, the, the, I mean, the growth is essential. You think about like, uh, you know, working with other artists, expanding expand the brand pretty much, hearing other people like, you know, hearing other people take what you take, what you created basically, taking it to another level. I mean, like, yeah, the, yeah, the sound is awesome. You think about like what, you know, I'm a possibilities person. So I listen to music wondering what is like if Lupe or somebody hit that track or, you know, or some, or some artist basically hears it and goes, I want that track. You know, that's, that's the way I look at music. I look at music like I look at collaborations in terms of who can do what with this beat. Yeah. Sometimes it's selfish to keep it, and you think like in terms of what can he, what can he or she do with this. You yeah, know, I kind of think as a producer, like I've kind of grown as that 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 term, mm -hmm. uh, embrace that, especially with doing Glory, and New Bones. But like producing, you know, writing a song because I'm like I'm a I'm a one stop shop, right? Like I'm tracking myself, I'm writing, I'm composing, I'm writing some lyrics and drumming a bass player like throwing his bass in but otherwise i'm, I'm bringing it up, i'm bringing like a full track to the table, you know and 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 i i, I see like i i hear like like with glory i feel like I, I feel like you guys are like weapons you know like i need a leash i need a leash no sage and sometimes you don't know what it needs until you hear it but sometimes you know exactly what and like that was erica was like a good example of that because i had written a hook i had written lyrics i had, I had tracked them and she, I mean, she was like, yep, I got this. And, and like, so like she was like a weapon that had like that, she could take that Sonic to new place. Jason was like, you were like, you were like in the trenches, man. Like box cutter to the neck. It was like seriously personal <laughs> shit there going on. Like he started with box cutter to the neck. Um, 
Um, and, and Doc started this song with, like, he was a weapon that I didn't even know existed until I met him. Like, where have you been all my life? You know, that's what I felt when I met him. It was like, I, I want to give him a hug, you know, like, like come here, come here. Like, like, I know we're just meeting, but like, let's, yeah, let's talk. And um, he came in and just like threw down like this epic, he like totally got what I was going for, you know, like he, he starts a song. So I, I feel like, I feel like as we evolve and we write more music and we embrace more collaboration, um, that'll benefit everybody, like combining our fan bases and like, and like the marriages around those things with songs. I mean, Glory is one of our, our largest streaming songs, you know, um, and we've been around for a long time. You know, this is, it's, it's getting, it's getting plays. Can, can you say a word, Spiz, about like, um, when you said like, um, your sound was more slowed down and digestible. I think the word I was looking for was sort of like, it's, it's, it's more accessible for other artists to kind of collaborate, yeah. but yeah. I felt like, and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm overthinking this as well, but when you were doing different bands such as Yeti versus Yeti and whatnot, like it felt like you were carpentalizing some of your sounds, right? Cause it's kind of like mind blowing for me to feel like you have this hard, like metal, like drum and, drum and bass type of um, influence, but yet there's a part of your brain that wants to also lean into the jazz and to the reggae, right? So it's kind of like, is it at odds with each other or is it always, it, it's sort of like you try to feel, you know, which, which type of lane you want to play in. And sometimes it happens in the same song and, you know, in some aspects too. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, well, I think Spism is a good, good example of that. That's why I think that's why Pablo and I keep on going back to the sound. Cause it was raised yeah. like when we, when we originally started getting together in 2000, like two, three, 2003, like we would just get together and play for hours and like whatever came out, came out. And a lot of, a lot of our, our original songs came out of that style where we would, we would start with a riff and they would just go and like all of a sudden we just drop into a reggae, you know, <laughs> then I double tap. Uh, and they would, he would, he would, we would always flex off each other. So like, I think, I think in a sense of improv, in a sense of jazz, free jazz, which is a big part of my background, so I went to school for it. went to school for, for jazz study. And I came to Chicago to pursue that. Um, that that is the, that's the centerpiece of my, like when I just improv drums, which we'll be doing at the show. Um, that's the centerpiece between the other styles, reggae, metal. Like, so I think all those things are kind of interchangeable. We're, we're, I think a lot of musicians are like, this is what I'm doing. I'm playing punk. That's what I do. I play punk or I play this. Like, I don't think in the terms and I, I think it's, it's literally like, like driving a highway um, in with a stick shift. I, I like, I, I'm, I, I may like break real hard, you know, for fun. And like, and cause I feel like it, or I may like, like turn into a helicopter. Like these are different. Like I, I can do whatever the fuck I want, you know? Like, so I, I like, <laughs> I, I, I'm a very free spirit when it comes to uh, especially playing in this format. Um, so anything goes, it's kind of like war. It's kind of like, and it's like, I'm, we're just, it's like, it's totally fight club. Like if I need to, you know, throw a jab to the ribs, I'm going to do it. And you might hit me in the ear, you know, I, <laughs> so we're, we're, we can, we can constantly, we can constantly flex in different directions. Um, and that's for me as a drummer, that's, that's the way I, that's the way I hear it. And that's how I feel free. I mean, I'm also glad that you brought up Pablo again as well. <laughs> My counterpart. To, you know, when I, I think through your whole like 
sound process there because like i think ignorantly you know since i'm a hip-hop kid like i always think about the rock sound and like the lead vocalist almost feeding off the energy of the lead guitarist right but i think when i started to understand your mythos more is that i didn't realize like the drummer in a lot of aspects needs the basis in bands mm -hmm. like i never realized that cosmic relationship until like you know the, the spism sound kind of like came at me so I think oh yeah man literally drums and bass right we're, we're like we're, we're the we're the group like we're part of a movement there's a bunch of other bands i could name that came out in the early aughts that you know we're like kind of tired of playing in bands quite frankly you know bass players are relegated generally to follow the guitar players <laughs> vocalists well we removed the vocals right originally and like we have no guitars so it's we have we are as a rhythm section you as when you when you start to play with it which is a bass player you realize how you have full realm you have full realm to maneuver however you want they also have the same ability too um melodically rhythmically and it's a lot it's a lot for a bass player to have to handle because you're filling the large amount of space I'm sure pablo would love to talk about this but so you do have a lot of room to like to flex but there's a lot of power you know that you have to they have to harness so you can it can go terribly wrong uh between a bass player and a drummer um and it can sound very shallow or not you know not very filled up but when i'm playing like a million miles a minute like maximilian kind of style like very maximum you know overdrive and he's uh playing more melodic it, it creates a little bit of yin and yang that we've that we've realized has been a pretty good formula so um albeit i should say like we are an unlikely duo um, he's a Uruguayan-born street player that has learned basically on his own. Um, he moved to Chicago when he was like an early teenager. He didn't know English, right? So he he moved to Skokie with his family. Um, I'm a I, I'm a musician for life. I I started cello at age three. My mom was really wanted me to play Suzuki violin and cello, and we like I grew up with like solfege and I, I'm like someone who's very ear trained and also theory trained as well. I, I went through orchestras growing up and got into metal and like ran with jazz and all, and, and then, and then on and on. But um, we're very different. And when I, I, it's kind of funny, like we were, you know, when, when I moved to Chicago, I was like, if you had met me then um, I was like very intense, like very intense about music. I moved here, like knowing just my roommates, I knew the jazz scene and I just, I like jumped in, dude. I was just like, Hey, what's up? I like, I just like showed up one day. And like, I, they weren't going to get rid of me. I started playing with everybody in the jazz world. I played with a lot of people, like just jumping into jam sessions. I would jump into crazy jam sessions where like, I was probably weird in my head, dude, like really, really amazing, like local guys. And I would just jump in and I would throw drum, drum and bass in there. I would be like, they were like, what, the f <laughs> what, what is this guy? Like, I, I like, I literally came here to make a splash. Yeah. I just love how you went through all those genres of music when you were a kid, like there were relationships like, yeah, I messed around with cello and then, you know, <laughs> I ran away with jazz and, you know. <laughs> totally, totally. But I was, music has always been part of me. I always, I always will do it. And like, I, it's, it's something like, it's something that I, um, I use the word catharsis, but like, like going through the pandemic, like going through grief, growing through whatever it is, like the music is what, it helps me stay sane. It, it makes me, it, it, it creates this direction in my life that it, it guides me. It's like a bit of a, a, like a guiding light for me. You know, it tells me where I am. It's like when you study your dreams or you, you know, 
you dive into that kind of stuff. It's uh, read the tea leaves or whatever, you know, like, like it, it tells me where I am. So where I'm going. So. Uh, it's therapeutic. You think about it. I mean, it's, it's almost like, uh, I guess my question to you, who, who musically inspired you, you know, other than just, you know, starting with the cello, moving through the instruments, what artists inspired you, you know, from like a rock perspective or even a hip hop perspective, perspective, who inspired you growing up? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the, the metal was really inspiring for me. Um, I, I really, I, I guess one of the best answers is where, where like where hip hop and, and, and rock met at one point. It's kind of some of that, what, what, what became new metal and that, that it's a, can be a travesty in some regards, <laughs> what came out of it. But like yeah. what, what I would say like corn, uh, you know, <laughs> if you're into that, like corn and how they, you know, um, they, they matched hip hop beats with, metal and detuned seven string guitars and and took it to a new level faith no more another like hybrid band like i i look back on a lot of my favorite bands and they they're all hybrids you know there's not just like i didn't like just listen to a punk band and just listen to like you know uh a rock band or i was interested in the stuff that like there was in between like that 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 like imagine something else you know like even like as i as i got like into free jazz like it was the most extreme free jazz that I got into that melded electronic music with, you know, instrument, um, uh, uh, electro and acoustic like instruments together, like Miles Davis, bitches brew, like some of the stuff happening on the turn of the seventies. Um, when I got into techno, it wasn't like house music. It was like, not no disrespect to house music, but it was, it was like the most extreme electronic music you can possibly listen to that bent the, you know, FX twin Venetian snare square pusher, <laughs> you know, um, these bands that were like, like pushing something different and, um, had a little bit of a life component too. They, they made me like get the goosebumps, you know? And I, and I, and as a drummer, I really wanted to play what they were doing, what they were programming. So I went about that. As before I moved to Chicago, I was, I was in Baltimore. Like I was just pursuing those styles, like woodshedding those things. And when I came here, I kept on doing that. That's where I like learned like the guts of what I do and some of these techniques I do on the drums that are, that really are my bread and butter. It's like really what makes me what I am. Um, being able to play extremely fast without hurting myself. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was actually curious about that. Like if there was a show that you kind of went all out, all in hand mode, and then something went off the rails, like did Dude. a piece fall off? Did you Dude, fall there's off? There's so like, many examples. No, no. <laughs> when Every time I've seen you, it's never no, they, happened. So like you're a superhero in my eyes, bro. There used to there used to be a time where I, if I wasn't bleeding by the end of the show, it was, a, it was not a good show, you know? Like bleeding by the hands. It was blood everywhere on the snare. Like I, wow. I still have, I still have a stained blood on my snare drum. You know, because like this old spism style, it's it's not it's it's different now. But when I used to play spism before Pablo moved in 2018, 2019, like it was I was I was going out there to break sticks and like and like fuck shit up, you know, like <laughs> like we are like this is about to happen, dude. And like and he knew it was about to happen. This is not we're going to hurt afterwards. You know, this is, we have used the fight club analogy for years now. <laughs> in the music too like literally like 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 it's it's like that man like it's it's not even personal like dude this is like thank you so much i'll see you next wednesday you know <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, funny so, you say corn. Yeah, I, I, you know, corn when, I, when we first started talking, I listened to those couple of those tracks, and I was listening to Ice Cube and Corn earlier today. Mm-hmm. You no know, fuck dying. I was like, yep. I'm like, oh wow, there's a there's a parallel here. I wonder. When you say corn, I smiled inside. Mm-hmm. I was like, I see the parallel right now because you know the way they the way they beat the shit out the drums. You know, <laughs> you think about it. And then you started talking about you play until like you're trying to break the sticks. And I think my brother does, does the same thing. He plays drums. He plays drums. He plays flute. He plays violin. He plays piano and some other stuff. And it's crazy because, you know, but it's like he's trying to kill everything. So I asked him, like, what's up with that? He goes, I can feel it better that way. So he's trying to hurt. He's trying to hurt the instruments, basically. So I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Well, I wanted, I wanted to respond to that by saying, that's a quote I heard a long time ago. I thought it was so funny. So metal drummers make easy drumming look difficult. Jazz drummers make difficult drumming look easy. So I, I think as both a metal and a jazz drummer, I, I definitely, I mean, I have, I'm somewhere in between that, right? Like I, I play extremely fast music generally, right? That, that doesn't mean there's not slow songs, but um, I play extremely fast music. And I don't know if I make it look easy or not, but like, I, I definitely, I'm not sweating that hard. Like I, I, what I'm trying to say is that I have developed a certain way of playing that is comfortable for me and it's super fast. But like when I play 220, 240 BPM and it's really pushing it, I'm still, it's still in my comfort zone. Like I've, I really built up like this tolerance to speed and how I do it. And that's the jazz. The jazz like has allowed me to integrate chops and techniques that allow me to do things that if my old drummer, like my 16 year old me, when I'm just pounding the shit out of my drums and like tons of arms and like, you know, like you can't play like that going 220, you know, you have to be like this, you know, you have to be, you know, you have to move with your wrist. So I, I am a hybrid drummer that has, you know, taken upon himself to really study the, like study drumming in a way where I can, I can like do what I imagine. And, um, and I've been able to really cultivate that. So. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. And then, um, to kind of go back in the bag again, because I, I remember Yeti versus Yeti when you perform with them and then, yeah. Was it Doppler shift? Was that the yeah. jazz group? Doppler shift. Yep. That was the first time I've ever seen anybody put some sort of like, this is probably not the wrong the right term but like it's some auto tune thing connected to a trumpet to make it sound yeah. like a synth trumpet i think yep. that was your boy brian right yep yep it was, that was the first time i ever seen that i was like what is going on right now that was fun man yeah at one point i was in five bands you know like any drummer like you know complete you know junkie trying to play with a bunch of people doppler shift we did um yeah it was two horns bass and drums which is like a kind of a classic jazz setup so no vocals and yeah the trumpet player <laughs> he was he went electronic yes student. right um and he could do he made his horn he said this horn goes to 11 that kind of thing you know <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a song we had but it was it was kind of like, it was like making a trumpet kind of sound like a guitar i think that was kind of like he, he would when he soloed it he would like use pedals and it, it just he just took trumpet to a new different place you know and that was um and that, that was that was a that was a first that was the first band I ever played with in Chicago that wasn't my band, um, which was kind of unique, and it was really fun to do it for a while. We just we played all over the city, um, cut an album called Resistor. But yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that's right, you're right. And then you caught us with Yeti Versetti at Fireside Bowl, 
and and I'm, I'm like I'm the dumbass like playing drums singing and there's a keyboard I'm like I don't know what I was I was one sticking it like Def Leppard and like you know I'm singing <laughs> and playing keyboards it's like what am I doing so, God it's crazy um, I just love how you said the space in between because it's like these yes. these weird like you know sonic um, nerdy spaces in between what would happen if I did this and did that. Okay, yeah, let's just see what happens. Just go with it. Go ahead. And and, and maybe I'm just throwing it out there. I I, I think I, there's there's some genres out there that I'm still searching for those spaces in between. You know, I think I think hip hop is something I'm still so searching soul searching on. Like maybe you guys have some ideas, but like people that are really pushing the envelope. Like I'm thinking like Cool Keith. Like he did stuff like Doctor Octagon. They're like that kind of like got my attention. Like yes. I mean I'm going back a bit. Like Deltron. You know. Oh hell yeah. Um, I even got into Cypress Brazil back in the day. I mean, like sh- stuff like that, Tribe, Far Side, some of the older stuff. But like, I- I'm st- always looking for, I even like, I like Getty. I mean, I like what he's doing. Like he's doing some cool stuff, you know, I, I but I, I'm not like, I'm not like deep dive hip hop guy, but I love it. I, I'm, I, I know when I hear it, when I hear something different, like I really jump into it. Like I definitely jump into it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Farrell Monch a while ago because he actually had a rock group not long ago too that he was kind of doing some stuff pretty cool. Like no way. Okay. Experiment okay. rock group. Okay. Yeah. It was pretty legit. But yeah, man, I mean, you know, it, it's not necessarily about what's what's new and current. We, we me, me and Novak definitely love to wax poetic on, you know, some of the stuff of uh, of the days of yore. Oh yeah, for sure. But I'm always looking for new flavors. I mean, I, I like I literally yeah. am that I'm that guy. I like I when I hear something different, I really lock into it. Yeah. Well, you were mentioning you were mentioning Destrocade earlier. Do you want to jump into that? Because I was I was thinking about how that one that song Destrocade is the first time that we used a collaboration. Yeah. So on that track, you obviously have Abnorm the rapper, right? Mm-hmm. So like um that's the only feature you have on the the before um i die album right before you die yeah before you die right that's right yep Yep. so and abnorm is a really 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 good close old friend of pablo's um named jared and um he this is a good segue this is a good segue for how i met pablo (laughs) so i also (laughs) met jared that um i responded to if you guys remember back in the day everything happened to uh the reader ads if you want to find an apartment, if you wanted a job, the Chicago Reader was where it was at, dude. Like, you know, wow. I remember. Uh, it, if it could be, you know, whatever you're looking for. <laughs> um, so I was, when I was in Chicago, of course, I was, I found the Chicago Reader and I was like, oh, okay. So I found, you know, there was a, there was these guys who had posted an ad for, uh, for a jam session. And um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They posted an ad and they were looking for, to, for a drummer to play kind of like, 70s fusion they were looking for a drummer so i was like okay i go over i call i call them up you know i go over there somewhere in like belmont and central some warehouse <laughs> like hopefully i walk out of this place you know i'm just walking to some warehouse you know and that is like oh yeah just like in you know i, I don't think i even had a cell phone yet i was like you know 2002 or something i go i go to this top floor i, I did the top floor of this warehouse space they had to go off into a rooftop and then into another space i was like Hello, you know, like, you're like, you're like, hey, and like, and then I woke, the guy opened the door and, and he's like, okay, cool. And like, so I go into the space, he's got drums, he's got the whole studio thing. It's like pretty nice. I'm okay. I'm not going to get killed. Um, 
<laughs> I'm just answering some ad, you know? And then all of a sudden uh, he's like, he's like, yeah, we're going to be, we'll be starting soon. Everybody's arriving soon. I'm like, what do you mean? I thought it was like an audition for a band. He's like, no, it's just a jam session. I'm like feeling kind of duped. I'm like, okay. Like they just want a drummer to come out to play. And then people start showing up and we're just, we're playing jazz and whatever, some funk or whatever. Quite frankly, I was just getting super bored. I was like, I was like, I don't feel like I'm the only drummer there. And then all of a sudden this crew walks in and it's, there's this like, dude, there's a shady motherfucker with an upright face <laughs> and a bottle of Jim Beam. Okay. <laughs> no. He'd already been drinking too. I can tell he drank some of it. It wasn't like unopened. It was like, you know, like he'd been sipping on it on the way there or something. So uh, like 20 minutes later, I, I, I like, I pull myself off the set and I'm like, Hey, I walk over to him. And he was like, he was like, seemed like kind of like sad and lonely. And like, and even though he was his friends, I'm like, are you going to fucking play that thing? The upright bass. And he's like, he like perked up. He's like, yeah, I guess I, I guess I could. And he's like, I was like, you all right? And he's like, oh, it's my birthday of the day. I'm like, just kind of feeling like bummed out. I'm like, I, I hear you, man. Like, why don't you come up and play with, please play with me. And like a minute later, he pulls out the bass. And um, like, he's like, what do you want to play? I'm like, drum and bass. And he's like, what? I was like, so we started playing drum and bass. I started playing whatever. And he started playing whatever. And the place just came, came alive, dude. Like all these people came out of like corners of the room, like Jared Abnorm, like he was there, he was, he was hanging out and he had been like teasing us all night. Oh yeah. You're going to play whatever show, whatever. And he came out and he ended up getting on the mic and he was rapping with us. So like this, like this energy, we ended up playing for an hour straight. Like just played an hour straight, you know, just met. And I'm like, the place was like, everybody was sweaty. It was like, yeah, afterwards, like, you know, <laughs> they got to smoke outside. It totally felt like Fight Club, you know, like one of those moments. <laughs> and uh, that's how I met Pablo. Um, we started, we started jamming after that. But that's also when I met Jared. So like, we were talking about Destro Kid. So fast forward many years later, we started working on Before You Die. And I came out with the song. Destro Kid was the first was the one of the first like ballads I ever wrote in this style. The first was Twin Speaks and then Destro Kid. And like Destro Kid, like when I started, like I told you how I was talking about how when you start, the music can be powerful, but once you put vocals to it, it takes it to this other level. Like it adds a layer to the onion. It like I think that's a good analogy. And um, I just I, I I added a bunch of layers to it. And I had this kind of the whole song was written out except for these two parts. And I started thinking like. God, it was so cool to like, it was so cool to have like an MC in here. And Pablo's always, Pablo's the first to be like calling up all his buddies. He's got like, you know, like 10 people like that he's, he's got on a speed dial, you know, and they're all his old buddies, you know, that he played in bands with and they, they're all MCs. So he, he sent the track, the raw track to a bunch of people, one of which was Jared. And he, his style is a bit more like not my, it's kind of more Fred Durst, you know, a little more like high end, the kind of like, like nasal kind of sound. Like that kind of, late kind of like Cypher too, a little bit. Like, Cypher Cell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that late nineties, uh, like a new metal kind of like Limp Bizkit, Lincoln Park, it reminded me of that. And it, you know, I wasn't quite thinking that it wasn't what I imagined. Right. But again, like, like, like getting back to the beginning of the sequence, like, I, I promised myself when I got into this, this writing this music, because it was digging so deep into like my grief and like push and like and pushing that out that like, I was like, I have to stay open to whatever the world is going to 
how the world interacts with this music. And this is one of the times where I was like, I was like, dude, fuck it. Like to see what he does. If he's interested, he's like, yeah, Jared wants to try it. He wants to give it a pass. Like he sends me back this take. And I was like, I was listening at first, the first time I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Second time I listened to it. I was like, I got goosebumps. And I was like, it, it just, I just could not hear it otherwise. You know, I was like, that's it. That's it. That's it. He's fucking nailed it. And it's a very emotional song. That's, that's that one. I sing that like karaoke style at these shows. It's very, I'm like, uh, I, I, I like pound the floor when I like, and I kneel down on my knees and I'm like, it's like, dude, that is, that takes me to a, a very crazy place. So, and Jared touched, like he was able to touch that and they take it somewhere else. It's beautiful. Yeah, Jason, you said you really like that song and you, um, I would like to take you up on that one of these days. I'd like to, uh, yeah, I know you were interested in trying, trying that part out sometime. It'd be, I think it'd be really cool. Yeah, that, that, that song like really, cause like when it starts, it's almost like some sort of like, I don't know how to call it, like, like some faint horns or sort of like some like waking up type sounds. And then it just yeah. kind of like. It's kind of ambient at first, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Most definitely. And then it kind of like kicks into a different gear. And then when Abnorm comes in, it goes into a different level at, at that point. So, yeah, because I kind of lead it in. You're in the back of my mind. <laughs> yeah. The 80s, like cyberpunk, like style, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You're, you've seen that game, cyberpunk, the way mm -hmm. it flows. I love cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. yeah. I use that hashtag constantly. Look <laughs> 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 on cyberpunk on Instagram if I see my videos. I just David Hasselhoff to show up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think it's like that's a good conference as well. I think that that kind of cyber, like yeah, like that. I, I'm I'm big into post-apocalyptic movies. Mm -hmm. Twenty eight days later, you know, like the I mean, the Walking Dead, all that stuff, all that stuff. Escape from really New York. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Escape from New York. All that stuff is really cool. Like, what what would it be like to live in this wasteland? You know, where people are just trying to survive, or you know. Like, what does that mean? I'm like, I, 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 I'm, I'm really, really inspired by that kind of backdrop for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Destroke was a very powerful song for me to write. And like, I, I, I just hope that there's, there's more of that in me that I can tap. So, yeah. Oh, I think so, man. I think. Yeah, dude. There's definitely so. time. There's definitely levels. There's definitely layers. And I can't wait for the, Spism in Japan tour, my bro. Oh my god, dude. Oh. They are not ready. <laughs> they are not ready. This is gonna be crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you've been waiting to go international, like since you were trying to do the the England thing. So I mean, obviously yeah. it's just a matter of time. It's it's honestly kind of fun, but also confusing. We've there's been many times where like Pablo will he has a he has a drummer he plays with in Tokyo. Um, named Chihiro Higashi, who's a really amazing drummer. It's really flattering to hear his, him do his interpretation of, of our songs. And, you know, there's, it's confusing to people here, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm promoting a show that's happening next month in Tokyo. Of course, they think I'm there. I'm going to go over there and play that show. Not this time, but like, where I'm playing shows without him, with MCs and here. And, uh, you know, eventually, excuse me, we're not going to live in the same city forever. I mean, probably, probably not ever because he's there. I'm there. I'm here. 
but like i think i think there's like there's a an, an end there's end game on my end where i really would love to keep adding people that understand this music that, that feel it like add a keyboardist add a saxophonist add a, a bass player of course and like really make the music live so this because right now there's a lot of there's music that's going on in the pa that i'm triggering that we have to play along with so i have like earbuds and all that stuff but like i do i am playing on a click you know, because I have to stay with that music or it derails. So it's very challenging music to play as a drummer, also singing. Um, and I think, I think when we were able to like build the weapons locally and like have the right people in place, it's going to be super dynamic. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think once you put that ensemble together, it's going to be, it's going to be magical pretty much. You know, you're building around you're building around the bass and the drums, which is different. Some people build the other way around, but you're building the way you want to build. So it's gonna have a a really it's gonna be, it's gonna be a really nice sound. Yeah, man. Yeah. And there will be MCs involved, Court. <sighs> oh, everybody! There's so many MCs right now, and they're just looking. They're looking for. They're looking for something. There's something to speak on top of right now. I mean, that's the hardest thing right now. Is everybody's rapping, but. The production, man. You guys got the production piece now. That sound, that sound is nice. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. No, and that's that's super huge. I mean, I was I was thinking back to another podcast. I, one of your podcasts earlier. I was listening to mm-hmm. another MC, local uh, local MC Crave, and um, there's you know finding a producer. Not everybody makes their own beats, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, that's something I thought about too. Like as a drummer who produces beats, who produces music. Like that's definitely something I want to keep doing. I mean, I I want to I want to get more people involved, you know, to jump in that zone. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, like you know, you talk about the '80s inspiration. You know, I think about Thundercat. I'm talking about Thundercat cartoon show. I think about that era basically, and you start thinking about the sound, and you imagine a new movie based on that sound today. What it would be like? I mean, it's Oh, it'd be incredible, man. That'd be... Well, let me throw on that. Like, so my, I have, I have two boys, like, like North Sage, and they're, uh, they're six and nine. And like, they, they are like, they're number one fans, right? When they saw me play in Oak Park at Val's Halla uh, a month or so ago, they were, they were like singing the songs. They know the songs. So like, these are my biggest fans, my sons. And um, that was, was awesome, Jason. <laughs> I wish you could have made that one. It was awesome. Uh, no one had a bow tie. It was in the front row. Um, and, uh, so when I play this music for them, it's, it's generally like the day after I, like the day or two after I make music. So they're getting it like really as things are cooking, right? Like easy as analogy. Um, and a lot of it, they love Minecraft. They love video games. They're like, dad, this is like eight bit. This is like, this is like, uh, like I, I can do this in Minecraft when you're like, you know, whatever, or, or, or like all they've mentioned all these different games, like that are, some are very suspenseful and dark and, you know, and weird horror kind of games, but like, they're like, you play video game music, dad. So perhaps, perhaps there's, I've, I've considered there's another side to this music where I release instrumental versions of it and, uh, or like loops and like get involved with sync licensing and um, get involved with like video games, films. I mean, I'd love to get into that kind of stuff. So, cause the, the vibe that there's, there's that stranger things thing. It's like that, that vibe, that synth driven, spooky i don't know what it is like dark sound that i thrive in man that realm 
I feel like there's a market for that. There's a, it's, it's something that people feel, you know, they know and it's familiar. No, that's a whole market for that right now. You think yeah. about, you, you're right about, you think about the video game industry, you think about the Resident Evil games and stuff like that. They're looking for that sound. So it's like, you know, it, it's that sound, you know, you imagine an MC popping up on like Madden, like Madden 24 or something like that. You know, just doing an opening track. I mean, it's that's that's what I'm starting to see. What you know, they're starting to do in that community. They know say they know say so. We got other friends that do that industry, and they're always trying. Like uh, one of our friends, he did uh, the new Need for Speed game, Carl. And um, that's you no, know, you see it, you hear it, you just like okay, I can I can see his personality in this game. And so it's like you're playing the game, you're just like you know that person. You're like I can feel this person's presence as I open and do the opening part of this game. But you're right. I mean, gaming, music, you know, movies are coming like full circle. I mean, it used to be you had to sing and dance and do everything to be yeah. to be like an entertainer. But now it's it's going back to those roots where everybody's so damn talented. You know what I mean? And you take your sound and you, you put yourself in other situations. I mean, you think like a Metal Gear Solid. You know, that's the thing I thought about. I was listening. I was listening to. Um, I was listening to uh, the, the flight. Uh, the flight of you know, the, uh, the flight of light. I thought about Metal Gear. And I'm sitting in the car. I'm thinking, like, I just hear a snake in the background. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm definitely inspired by those those sounds, man. Growing up on Nintendo, Atari, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Hell's yeah. yeah. No, I feel the inspiration. I definitely felt it. You know, I'm, I'm listening to it. I'm like, why am I playing games today? I, I brought my Steam Deck out. I have to listen to your, your music today. <laughs> I was just listening. I was listening to um, Mega Man Two soundtrack the other ah. day. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard that in a while, it's 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 awesome. It's all like metal, you know. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's like it's like that kind of metal sound. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, like. <laughs> well, check out that new Zelda, that te- that Tears of the Kingdom. Okay. Oh man, I mean that 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 video game vinyl is expensive. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet. Yeah. Great yeah I heard you. I heard you're into vinyl. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Finals addicting, man. I mean, right now I'm on about 500 albums, Uh-oh. and I'm running out of space. And, and now, now my wife looks at me like every time you come here, you get you got something in the brown bag. I'm like, don't worry about it. And then and you're talking about your press, you you you're gonna press vinyl. I'm like, I need the vinyl. <laughs> yeah, yes, Biz. That was a dope. That was a dope anecdote, man. Like, if you, so would you ever have plans to kind of like press anything on vinyl? I know in the past you were yeah. trying to do it. Yeah, we we wanted to do it really badly on before you die, for sure. Yeah, so maybe we'll remaster it. Maybe we'll remaster it, um, and then and do a vinyl. But I, I think that's that's where it's at, right? Like people don't buy CDs anymore. <laughs> I don't know. People are cutting tapes now. You know, they've been cutting tapes for years now. <laughs> I don't even have a tape deck. I don't even have a tape deck anymore. But I, I see people selling cassettes all the time. Um, and but like I think vinyl, like that's like it's timeless, right? And like. Something about something about wax, you know, like picking up a heavy wax and like nice clean surface and like putting that needle down. I don't know. There's something about that, you know. The ritual, the ritual. I mean, like we're at the stage now. I mean, I don't, I don't really have to say this, but I think there's an article that's mentioned like vinyls are outselling CDs, like in the first time in years, yep. right? I bet, I bet, yeah. So, Good man. Yeah. So I'll let you know when we when we cut that before you die vinyl. Um, you know, definitely. Yeah. 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 It's funny. How, how are we doing on time? <laughs> how are we doing on time? No, I guess I guess yeah, we're pretty good. I mean, um, 
I guess we could kind of like round it out. I wasn't sure if there was any other um, final thoughts that you had as far as like um, future projects, future collaborations. Sure. Future shows, you know, things of that nature. It's funny when I was, yeah. Um, well, I definitely want to go to Tokyo um, in 2024. Hopefully, hopefully in, in spring or like maybe when it's like, like zero degrees here, kind of go over there. It'll be like nice. 60, good, you know, that's the way to do it, my it man. Is sub, it's, it's subtropical over there. I, I, I don't know about you guys, but being from Maryland, from Baltimore, dude, like it's humid there, man, the summer. Um, I did not grow up with AC, but I love, I love humid. I love it. So like, I, I like going, I want to, I want to see what it feels like to be in, in, in Tokyo. You know, I know it's humid. So Very humid, there's that, man. there's that. I definitely want to do that. Um, as far as projects, I mean, when I, when I launched into recording my own music and like, like actually embraced recording, tracking GarageBand and then Logic, like Pablo was like, just, just like, let's release a track a week. Let's, I, I, I'll help you work together. And like, you know, Pablo has been like my, you know, if you ever heard of the band Postal Service. Yes. That early aughts, like they were trading tapes, right? Postal Service. We are trading music um, through Logic, through um, digital music. And, but in the same way, right? Like I, I get a session from him, I mess with it. I send it back to him, he messes with it. And we, we come to this conclusion about the music. So it's this gross collaboration. Um, I really, I really, really want to, um, I really want to put all this music out. Like, I mean, I have, I have tracks that, I have like 20 or 25 tracks that are like waiting for bass. They're just waiting for bass. They're waiting for, mixing you know or mastering but like yeah. they're ready to come out um i have so much music i've put together in the last few years i i was i put on my i have my own artist name spiz um I, I i might put out like a solo thing um it's just too much music so um and that's not a that's not a bad problem to have because I, I but i keep on making music keep on feeling inspired which is great and i feel like as long as i feel that way because you know like like you know sage like you mentioned uh no, like you mentioned you have you have family too like having a family it, it just it, it having a job a family like i feel like i i have three different lives right yeah and music is definitely one of them um but that job uh selling coffee and then like my home life two kids a wife and a, and a, and a husky like it's 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 all encompassing <laughs> so like when you you probably feel this way too like when you're constantly everything you do is all is all or nothing you know there's never like a you don't really ever give yourself a break so since you're constantly pushing all the time like, I feel like when I get to music, even if I'm exhausted, even like, I don't know how many, time, how many times I like, I like my determination to like, to just be in the mode, to get into the mode where like, I was like, just, I played drums for like 20 minutes when I was exhausted just to get that second sweat. So, cause then once I got that second sweat, I could, I could do something. And I was inspired and I woke up cause I could be, you know, really, really exhausted after a long day. So like, I, I what I'm trying to get at is that through all this pandemic and all the stress of that time, like I really, really pushed, I really set a lot of, a lot of energy towards music and, and made myself make music. And I literally mean like make my, I'm going to make a song tonight, even though I, I can't even open my eyes. And then once I started, <laughs> once, I hit that, once, I, once that finger hit the keyboard and I heard that, whatever that sound was, like I woke up and like music is like my savior. It like allows me to, it allows me to um, really tap into what's there that would maybe go away or maybe fade away otherwise. Yeah. And um, 
when you do something enough regularly, it becomes part of your life, like running every day, right? You can't just run like once, one day a week. You have to run every day. So like making myself do it. And then it becomes not that. It becomes something you look forward to. I'm going to get home. I'm going to finish my dinner after the kids go to sleep. And I'm going to make some music. Even if it's an hour, you know, I'll spend some time with it. So I think music is like, I'm just, I, I'm t- the answer to your long-winded answer is that I'm going to keep making music and what I feel, I'm going to keep on collaborating. Hopefully, you know, like bend music and, and keep playing shows at least once a quarter, Chicago, get out to Tokyo, um, cut some vinyl eventually, um, maybe get on some video game music. Oh, you know, wow. you know? Well, man. Blow the shit up, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> I think when, 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 if, if for some reason this, this, this takes, this goes to, it like gets discovered in some capacity. And I'm not talking like, you know, like major award show here, you know, like Grammy nominated, you know, I'm not looking for that necessarily, but I, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, uh, someone recognizes, if someone recognizes the music and wants to take it to the next level, like I'm open to that. I'm, I'm all about that for sure. Yeah. Dig it. And when they look, and when someone looks at this and we're built, we're putting that music once, once a month or two, like when someone looks at this music in a year from now, there's going to be like so much more music out. It's going to be like, where do I start? And I think that's kind of cool. Like people are people that discover Spism who have no idea where we're coming from in the past. Like we might as well been born in, in 2021, you know, we're like a new band. I consider us like a startup, even though we're like a 20 year old band, like all that, that past life of like, like, like cutting my hands up, playing drums and like, like, like broken cymbals. And, you know, like, like my bass drum, just, I don't have a, I don't have a, you know, days where like, you, if you didn't have a uh, cinder block, your bass drum was going to float away while you're playing. Like, <laughs> like, that kind of stuff where like you let someone play the symbol from the crowd, like you give them a stick and they're playing the ride symbol. Like those days are, you know, are lovely. Um, like amazing memories in my twenties. And like, now I, now I kind of get off at the idea of, you know, like just being able to get to that place when you get to that place, um, like, and it, it, 11 o'clock PM after putting your kids down and you're able to like, just get into this world and like, put that out there, this raw track, something that you can shape and form and make into something like, that's what I live for now. Love it. Yeah. Understood. Yeah, I mean, it's man, that that energy, man, and the, the fact that you want to go so many different ways with this is awesome. I mean, I I just want to do the Tokyo thing. It's like, you know, I want to go to video game district, man. It's like you know, you said Tokyo. I'm like, hmm. It's like I've been trying to get there for a while. I mean, Tokyo Tokyo is uh, is definitely a fantasy place. About a lot of stuff from there. I want to go there and get it cheaper and try to find a way to smuggle it back into the U.S. Dude, just come <laughs> with us, man. When I go over, just come on over. So, fucking <laughs> hit it, man. Come on, over like, to the city. Come on, Jason. Got You're like, you put my bass back. What's in my bass? What's in my bass container right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So, but if anybody wants to check it out, I mean, shoot, May 13th. It's a Saturday night. We're gonna we have a we have it set up so that we dominate the whole night. We have we have the night, so it's gonna start at eight o'clock. Like for we have a lot of people, a lot of friends with families. They can come early, check it out. It's gonna start with newer material. We're gonna to go to old school material throughout the night. Last set, when we're gonna be really warmed up, it's gonna be like the super duper crazy stuff in the old days. We're oh. gonna bust that out. He's gonna bust out the upright bass. Oh, it's it's gonna be crazy, man. Is he I gonna bring know. the gym beam? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> 
Skinny <laughs> guy with a gym, bottle of Jim Beam. Yeah, man. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a great show. I'm gonna have have you guys, man, Day Walkers, you and Erica. You have someone else coming too, right? Yeah, somebody else that was on one of the day. Give a shout out. Who, Actually, who, um, yeah. uh, Novak knows him. He, we had him on the podcast. Oh, Michael Baker, he's gonna be showing up too. Oh, man. He's my be base. Oh. Yes, sir. The my Michael base. Baker, the infamous one. <laughs> okay, I can't wait. To, and we're gonna have a cool, of course, like Doc Watson will be there to, to do the glory. Otherwise, in the crowd, wearing a hoodie, well, in the, from the shadows, watching. You know, Bob and um, we'll have the MC Paradox frequency manipulator doing some stuff, new bones and definitely a mini set as well. That's going to be cool. He's doing some really cool stuff too. So it's, it's been, it's been, it's been a pleasure collaborating. And like, and this is what I'm talking about. Like we had, this show is a good example of like, we just appreciate working with you guys and like the people we've worked with, like we want you guys to shine and like have your time, you know, and, and, and we, we respect it. So yeah, man. Dope man. So from love, man, making bloody hands from the drums to oh, man. hopefully getting these kids with the bloody controllers playing to your oh, music, bro. That's <laughs> after set three, man. If I'm not bloody for that. After three sets of this shit, man. <laughs> I definitely messed up. <laughs> oh, dope. It's all love, though. But hopefully people can make it May 13th, Live Wire Lounge on Milwaukee Avenue. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. So. Awesome. We end up Novak. Did you want to close this out? Yeah, I just want to thank you, Spitz, for coming on, man. You, oh, thank you, you. Yeah, you definitely touched that side of me, man. You got me, you got me want to go listen to music right now and try to speed things up. You know, I was, you know, earlier that's when somebody speed played Zelda, man. And I'm thinking about, you know, you know, speeding up the bass while the, the person's doing a speed round of Zelda and finishing in 30 minutes. I mean, that's the way. <laughs> That's the best way to live. I mean, like right now, you know, you felt, you know, the joy, the joy you bring into music, man, is awesome. And, you know, to see more of it out there is going to be really impressive. You know, thank you for coming on the show today, man. Oh, thank man, you. My for, pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Exposed, exposed to me to more music, man. I got to say, no sage, you know, man, you're, you're musical friends and associates, man. <laughs> it, it keeps my car humming, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks man. for checking out the music. It was good. It was really fun to talk about some of the Before You Die tracks. Nah, man, I'm gonna keep checking out the music, man. That's the whole key, man. To keep it, keep it going, man. You know, keep listening, keep learning from it because there's so much good stuff out there. We complain about the the crap that is like the. I'm not gonna name any artists I don't like right now. I'm just gonna keep it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it like very generic right now. There's a lot of bad music out there, so. I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you get it as a as a as a parent, like check out the one of the latest things we put out was failure. Mm-hmm. And that is a, that's a track um, that's going to be um, on a, an album that's about to drop called Bust Out. And that is really, I mean, as a father, like, you know, like when you're, when you're, when you're a parent, you have moments where you just like, who is that person? Like what, what I, I like that. That's not me. Like you just, you have these moments where like things are not, you know, it's just a, a, a rough moment. It's, it's stressful to be a parent, you know? And like that song is all about dealing with that, that, that how we internalize, you know, parenthood and stress and sometimes not live, not being the best selves, you know? And like, I really wanted to push that out. Like it's a dark emotion to like push something that's like, Oh, I wasn't, I really wasn't a good parent at that moment. And I pushed that in the front, that feeling. I wrote that song the night that I had a rough time with my kids. And I felt really rough after I put them to sleep. And like, I was just like, I couldn't let, I couldn't let it drop. And like, this is a, another ballad. I guess kind of like the Astro kid there. Uh, it's just not about grief. Right. 
but it, it it's it's taking from a living experience and like and it's it's trying to bottle it. It's a, it's a real deal feeling I felt when I listen to it. I go right back into that feeling, and it's not really fun to go there, but it, it reminds me to be a good dad. So appreciate it. Oh yeah, being a yeah, being a parent is hard, man. It's hard. Dude, dude tell me about it. struggle is real. That's a real hashtag that I I live. Dude, and we all live. Check, check out failure when you get a chance. Will do. Will do. Yeah, man. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you for coming on, Spitz. Uh, no says thank you for, uh, for you know, picking a dope guest for the show. You know, oh, definitely thanks. want everybody to uh, check us out everywhere podcasts available. Uh, check us out on Apple Music, Spotify, soon to be YouTube. I'm going to take care of that. I know no safe to know what's going on with that. I'm going to take care of that. <laughs> but definitely thank you. And uh, everybody, man, go out and listen to something great this weekend. I don't. I